Thanks for listening to the Cruise Corner Podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie, and this is episode nine, Home is Where the Heart Is. When I left from my deployment to Afghanistan back in May of 2012, I thought that I was leaving my heart behind. Uh, And that was mostly because at the time I was a newlywed and we had just gotten our first place together. Uh, We had just gotten this awesome black lab that we named Enzo and uh, just was kind of building my life. And I didn't want to leave any of it behind, uh, especially the dog. And uh, yeah, I was one of those privates that jumped into marriage too soon. Uh, If anyone's you know, listen to past episodes or followed the blog, read the book or any of that stuff, like you would know why I did that. It wasn't just, uh, I mean, the typical bad call private move, but uh, uh, there was a reason why I did it. But uh, while I felt like my life was on the up and up, sort of from the trauma I just experienced, and I felt like I was getting my life together, uh, I was also leaving. So there was still that idea of like, I was fully aware of the rumors about what happens when you're away for a long time. Uh, I had heard the stories from other soldiers, but I, I thought it was going to be different for me. I mean, I was naive. Uh, I was still young. I thought that, you know, I had my shit together, like if a lot of us do. And then you get proven wrong. But uh, upon leaving, it was like, I thought things were good. (laughs) And, uh, but those thoughts still kind of played with my head. You, you do hear the stories a lot. And, you know, when we got to Afghanistan, it didn't take long to start hearing rumors about things people's wives were doing or people's husbands were doing. Like it, it's no secret that things are going on the moment you step foot on a plane and are in the air. And uh, so for me, there was definitely that part of me that was worried that he wasn't going to be there when I got back, or there was going to be some shady stuff going on that I was going to walk in on or something like that. Like I, I felt some anxiety about it, but uh, again, didn't think it was going to happen to me. The apartment I left behind, even though it was filled with my material belongings and uh, the dog and my husband uh, in reality, it really, never had the opportunity to opportunity to feel like my home because like I said we had just moved into it we had just gotten it and uh and then I had to leave then the army was like hey you got to go to Paktika province and so uh, I never really had time to settle in and so uh when I got to Afghanistan uh, I, I really wanted to be somewhere else I wanted to go home I was uncomfortable I the time change had me screwed up uh, I hated the lack of privacy. Every day felt like deja vu. It was the same shit every day, just over and over and over. But I would learn to love that tedious familiarity because uh, there was some comfort in it. There was some simplicity uh, because you knew where you were supposed to be every moment of every day. You knew what you were supposed to wear and what to carry. And for the most part, what to expect. You had been trained for a multitude of scenarios to go down. So uh, you, you were kind of ready for whatever. Uh, more so than probably in your civilian life at times. But really, it was just like this clockwork existence that really became so predictable at some point that it was like if something was out of place, it would stand out like a flame in a haystack. Like it was just 
that obvious that if something was off the routine, uh, you would know. By September, so you figure we'd been there a few months already. By then, I felt like, I still kind of felt like I'd left my heart back home in Kansas, but uh, the fob was beginning to feel more like home than my apartment ever did just because of time spent in it. And there had been some rumors about 100 days in, 100 out, so 100 people would get to go home. But when day 101 kind of came and just went, no news, nothing changed. I kind of just accepted that that was going to be my home for the time being. Like, okay, we're going to be here for the full nine, whatever. Like, you just keep on keeping on, keep doing your thing. And as months went by, the communication between my husband and I started to kind of fade. The phone calls were happening less and less. The Skype calls ended. And I kind of just gave up on waiting for care packages I had been promised. And uh, I suppose I should have felt lonelier when that correspondence ended. Uh, for a short time, I was definitely angry. I was confused. I was definitely skeptical, but I adapted uh, because that's just, you know, what you do. And eventually, uh, I guess my heart kind of caught up or at least just hardened a bit more because uh, I, I kind of felt screwed over. So, you know, I, I built those walls around myself a little bit higher. And even though deployment at times sucked. Uh, the bonds I made out there became everything, especially when that correspondence ended. Like I really relied on those conversations I was having with my buddies. And uh, before deployment, I'd been scared and uncomfortable with the idea of being in a place where we could be attacked at any time, because that's all you talk about <laughs> for like the months leading up to a deployment is all the shit that can go down. And I was worried about being ambushed by the ANA because there were some issues that had happened and uh, not necessarily on our FOB and stuff like that, but you were hearing about it happening, happening throughout other posts and stuff like that, other FOBs and COPs and all that. And so we were working pretty close with the ANA when we were in uh, like the entry control points and stuff like that. So there was definitely a worry there until uh, you get complacent, but I kind of grew accepting of the idea that if I was fated to die during my military service, that there was gonna be no place better than uh, to do that in a combat zone where I would be surrounded by the very people I had begun to see as family. And I never really found a comfort like that or a connection like uh, like the ones I had back in Afghanistan uh, after I came home. And really, home never felt the same. And when I brought up how lost I felt to a civilian friend after getting back from Afghanistan, the response was, home is where your heart is, which confused me more because I didn't know where the hell my heart was anymore. And uh, I was also kind of annoyed by the fact that the only wisdom they really had to share with me was the kind that you find on a doormat. So it just didn't really feel all that genuine. And I had a hard time believing there was any truth to that. And it also proved that People like friends and family from back home just didn't understand what I was feeling or what I was experiencing. And so, again, like I didn't know where my heart was really or if I still had it. I wasn't sure if I left it somewhere in the dusty mountains of Afghanistan because I'd felt okay over there and I felt bad when I got home. And uh, I wasn't sure if it was still sitting up in a guard tower where I had made those deep connections with other soldiers. I wasn't sure if I had left it at the gate to Fort Riley when I left the final time and ETS. 
uh, I couldn't even tell if my heart rested really in a place. Uh, if there, if home was really a place anymore, or if it was uh, something that kind of gets scattered amongst the people you leave behind once you get that DD-214 in your hand. And it all becomes uh, too clear that until you understand <laughs> where your heart is, uh, whether it's in your service or uh, in the uniform, the people you met along the way, uh, you don't really know. I mean, you're pretty lost. I didn't know what to call home if home is where your heart is, is actually a, a true thing. So what ended up happening after leaving the service was that I began to just really live in isolation and cut myself off because nothing felt like what I had had and I wanted what I had had. And so the most contact I would have sometimes over a few weeks would be uh, answering three different questions. Did you find everything all right? Is plastic fine? Do you need help out? That was it. That was pretty much the only human contact I was getting for a while. And uh, there were, the, the isolation was just horrible. Uh, and a lot of it was because I could remember how, how my life used to be and how my life used to be not that long ago. There were days when I felt uh, just, I mean, when you thought back to what you had been going through, like I felt so much more alive and surrounded by uh, just having a lot of people to feeling like I was completely by myself and completely lost. And uh, my house was a, it was a big hangout spot when I was active duty still. A lot of people came over. I always had people crashing on the floor, on the couches or whatever. And so it was like privacy still didn't come very often. And so when I would get time alone, it was one of those times where it was like, you could take a moment to breathe. Like you just didn't get a lot of alone time. But later on, all I would have was solitude. And it was in that loneliness that I really began to discover how much of my own enemy I was, like how much my mind was turning on me. After leaving the reserve, uh, I ended up moving back into the same house I'd had while I'd been stationed at Fort Riley. Uh, it was the house I had bought when I was still with my husband. And it was the same home where uh, at the end of the day, like when I'd get home from the motor pool, I would just kind of like kick off my boots at the front door and flop down on the couch, crack open a beer. Again, I would usually have a buddy or two over there. We would take turns sometimes like cooking dinner or hosting and stuff like that. Uh, but it was really like, the place where I enjoyed my time away from the motor pool or from work and duty and all this stuff. And, uh, but once I was out and I was there by myself and, you know, and people stopped coming over, uh, I started to spend so much time there by myself that I felt like I was in like my own little prison. Uh, it become my little box of both good and bad memories. It was full of trauma, but also like you know, happy days. Like I could remember good moments there. And so it was a place where at first I had been uh, very content being. And then later on, it was a place I was afraid of. It was a place where I lived before, during, and after the very violence that seemed to redefine who I was. Uh, but that's a story for another episode. But, uh, I suppose when I returned to that place, the idea was that uh, I was going to be able to find myself. 
I was still kind of who I used to be partially, but uh, I felt like I'd been kind of, that person had been buried beneath a few extra layers of depression and anxiety, uh, fear, pain, grief, you name it. Like it was just uh, the shell kind of that was uh, definitely a lot more sleep deprived than I'd been and far more distrustful and lost. And uh, there were days where I just wanted to crawl up into a ball in a corner somewhere and cry, but I was just so damn tired that I couldn't even get the tears to come out. And even if I could, there was always like that lingering feeling of guilt because uh, soldiers aren't supposed to cry. That's all that had been pumped into my head for years. And so I just held it in and uh, let my body ache. I let my head hurt. I let my mind become overwhelmed. I stopped trying to uh, to deal with the emotions and just kept cramming everything down and just let life go on. And one issue I had with moving back to that place when I got done with the reserve was that I, I just lived too close to Fort Riley. I went back to living too close to the army base I had served at because I thought if I moved back, I would feel less distant from the lifestyle I used to love. And I believed if it was, if it was still in sight, I could feel like I was still a part of it. But what ended up happening was that I felt like I was further away. Uh, I didn't feel a part of it. I wasn't a part of it. And so it felt very distant even being within sight. And there were nights when I would just try to fall asleep and I, I could hear them training off in the distance. Like I could hear gunnery really well from my house and I could hear the howitzers. I mean, you could feel, <laughs> you could feel the howitzers. Uh, you would hear the Chinooks and stuff flying over the house, uh, small arms fire, all this stuff. Artillery would shake my house about as much as the train across the street did. And sometimes without even realizing it, I would stop what I was doing and catch myself looking towards those tracks when I would hear an ap approaching train because I thought there was a chance maybe there would be military vehicles or equipment on it because that's where they passed through if they were heading to ports or to like training centers. Uh, and it would remind me of when I left for Afghanistan or when we were doing NTC. Uh, and as much as I hated those places, the sight of those passing vehicles simultaneously stirred feelings of excitement and sadness deep within me. On top of that, the city I lived in uh, had a linear trail that ran around it and it passed right by my backyard. So there were some mornings where I'd be sitting at the kitchen table just having coffee and hanging out and I would see soldiers out on the trail rucking or every once in a while you could hear chants and cadences as uh, like platoons and batteries and all this stuff would run by and, and, uh, and it just always kept taking me back to what I left behind. When I first left the military, I tried to completely cut myself off from anything military. And so that resulted in me grabbing every piece of equipment, every uniform I had left over and just dumping it at thrift shops, throwing it out, uh, taking it to surplus stores. I was handing out bags of unopened tan t-shirts and socks and other stuff to, uh, there were, when I lived in Florida, there were tons of homeless people. So I would just be bagging this stuff up and just be like, here you go. Here's some fresh socks and shirts and stuff like that. And uh, I just wanted everything and anything that was in my home that somehow was associated with the army to just disappear. It was a purge. And I didn't hate the military. It was just that some stuff happened right at the end that kind of left the bad taste in my mouth. And so like leaving on a bad note really fueled that. And uh, more than anything, it was because uh, when I went over to the reserves, uh, 
it made me regret leaving active duty more because I was kind of playing at army. I didn't really feel like I was in the army anymore though. And so having that gear around just kind of reminded me constantly of what I'd given up and what I had thrown away. And so part of my attempt to let go of the military was also to disassociate myself from other military members. And so when I had been living in Florida, that wasn't really that hard to do. I lived a couple hours away from my reserve unit and I lived right next to an air base and I'd never felt like I fit in with airmen. Uh, I always got treated like they thought I was just stupid because I was a soldier. And so even when I was in, I didn't associate with them anyways. So I wasn't going to have anything to do with them being out. And uh, I didn't join any veteran associations. I didn't go to any groups. I didn't have anything to do with the veterans on campus. I didn't even make it a point to figure out who the veterans on campus were, even though it was pretty easy to tell. Uh, I just tried to blend in with the civilians around me. But it didn't take long to realize I had nothing in common with them either because they didn't understand my dark and warped sense of humor. Uh, nobody really wanted to hear about my stories. And I wasn't that person that was out trying to like sell some crazy stories, like, <laughs> like some crazy combat story. But uh, I was looking for people to kind of reminisce with. And there was nobody that could do that because nobody knew what the hell serving in the military was like. And nobody cared about the VA experiences I was having that were really weighing on me. Nobody cared if I was having a hard time getting help. Uh, they didn't even care if I needed help. And I couldn't provide those stories that fulfilled the expectations Hollywood had left everybody with. Uh, and any mention of internal or external uh, pain usually got shot down or would lead to some like crazy political debate or anti-military rant and people just immediately jumped to like talking about how we expect too much in return for our service and so really there was just didn't have anyone to open up to and uh, within that first year being out I just felt lost I felt alone I couldn't fit in anywhere and I couldn't go back uh, I continually made the attempt to try to remind myself of why I left the army in the first place I really started to dig up those uh, shitty memories I had to try to like snap myself out of this idea that the military had been all like rainbows and unicorns and all this other stuff. Uh, I had to keep reminding myself of how much I had hated playing the political games and how much I got tired of getting screwed by the big green weenie. And uh, no matter how hard I tried, my longing for that camaraderie always came out ahead. I realized I didn't really miss the military. I missed the dysfunctional family I had gotten from being in it. Uh, it's been four years since I left the service, and so for me, that's been four long years of searching for that camaraderie, of searching for something that would give me the same feeling of worth and value that the military did. It's been years of trying to kind of figure out if I could be better than or at least as good as what I was or what I believed I was when I wore a uniform of the U.S. Armed Forces. I think what scared me the most as I tried to trudge through, through the transition from soldier to civilian was that there was a chance I was never going to find any of that stuff again, uh, that I would never be that good of a person, that my best self was locked away in a memory somewhere. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we, we remain what we were. And for me, like I was a soldier and I, I still was at heart. I didn't know where home was. Uh, but like the flag I had once worn on my shoulder, I, I knew I had to just kind of keep assaulting forward in hopes that maybe one day uh, I would find myself 
being exactly where I was meant to be in the home I thought I would never find again with the thought with the heart that I believed I had lost. Thanks for listening. If you would like to hear more episodes from Cruise Corner, make sure to subscribe. You can listen to episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, or Google Podcasts. If you would like to be featured on a future episode, please reach out to our Instagram page at cruise underscore corner.